Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerd Eternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today is... The token energy powder abuser, Tarky. CDO113, the droid you're looking for. And the blurred Don of the Ville, the Todd Father, now in stylish hat. Not that anybody can tell, because this is, you know, mostly audio. And today we're going to talk about things that ended too soon. Uh, comics, TV series, whatever. Something that, you know, we got into and we're looking forward to seeing where it would go and, you know, it wound up getting cut off after, you know, one season or, you know, eight or ten issues. So, who wants to start us off? Yeah, probably somebody that had an idea. Anybody have an idea? I'm I'm very happy to start off. All right, Darky, start us off. So I'm going to start off with a manga, obviously, to throw you all off. And it was called The Heroes BBS, which a BBS is a type of forum for messaging. But the entire crux of this story was heroes in Japan. It's a big uh, cliche of heroes being summoned to another world. The crux of the story was, yeah, they can all kind of text each other. So you have heroes with like a hundred years experience and then someone texts him and is like, hey, I'm just suddenly in a different world. I have no idea what's going on, but I can see these text boxes. What's happening? And people, and it's, you know, either heroes with odd problems or they don't know what they're doing or any number of things go to this BBS and ask for help. And it was a series of short stories but it was, you know, it was an ongoing manga of different stories of different heroes. And I just really enjoyed reading it. Specifically one hero who had saved, gone to this world, saved it, went home, got pulled into another world, saved that one, went home, and he's messaging the BBS, there's a hole in front of me. Because he was just using the restroom, and he felt that he was about to get teleported and jumped out of the way because he's so used to it now. So he's just standing there with a hole to another world go, and he's asking the heroes, do I, do I jump in this one? Because my life, because he talks about how every time he jumps in that, when he comes out, yeah, it's been months or years real time. So he doesn't have a job, and he's got no job prospects because he's got these huge gaps in his resume where he just disappeared and didn't do anything. So in his world, he looks like a layabout. And, you know, the heroes are talking, well, like, did you enjoy the worlds you were in? And he's like, oh, yeah, the first world was great. And he talks about, he starts talking about, you know, how this princess wanted to marry him and all these great things were happening. And how, the, you know, the second world he had great friends and all this stuff. And he went, oh, I should have just stayed in one of those. And he's like lamenting and regretting coming back to the, coming back to his home world while standing in front of this hole in the bathroom. <laughs> For another one and they eventually convince him to jump in it well, how long did this one go uh it was it was a weekly so it went about 50 issues so it had about a, a year's run which is not awful but then it just got kind of just cut either the magazine that was carrying it just went out of business and it was never got picked up by anyone else or they were just forced to 
to cut it because interest was not high enough. I never have really understood how how the man manga scene works over there. You know, over here you tend to find them um, in individual collections of, of particular stories. Right. Uh, imagine it like imagine it like newspaper comics, where you buy instead of it's a you know a page in the newspaper, it is a magazine mm -hmm. that has you know the the key titles of that magazine in it. Like that Jump magazine that so many animes come from. Yeah, Shonen Jump is the largest. Okay. Period. Well, it, it has been for years. I don't. I don't know the actual information right now to say. You don't have the sales information in front of you. Understand? Yeah, I don't know. If it's currently the biggest, but it's the most well known. So if you're reading some of the smaller ones, and like one goes out of business, how do you keep up with where the series moves to? You know, if it's a series that keeps going. Um. Usually. If the magazine knows it's going out of business, they'll have their last issue for things. And they'll mention on the last page of like, hey, we are moving to this magazine. Oh. Or, you know, read us again at blank. Now, some mangas get a, a full transformation. Some mangas are completely restarted from chapter one with a new art style. Uh, with a, but that's a lot of those are like adaptations of other works that get canceled early because the comic book, because the magazine fails. They'll get just restarted somewhere else with a new artist. Oh, okay. But Heroes BBS was, it was just very comedic to me because it's these very wise, experienced people. And then just some people that just sounded like some nonsense because they just save the world super easy and just think it's natural to just have all these powers and abilities that no one else has. So it's kind of like any internet forum. You've got the the, the kind of old heads there that know what they're talking about, and then just, you know. And you've got a bunch of know-it-alls. All right. Danny, Todd, one of y'all want to go next? Um, you want me to go, and then you? No, I've, my problem is I've got two. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll only do one of them. I think I'll do uh, Nighthawk. By David Off David F. Walker. It was a book by Marvel Comics came out what maybe about four years ago. Uh dealing with the Nighthawk from the Supreme Power from Straczynski's Supreme Power Universe, but in the 616. It was after it was right after the incursions and that last Secret Wars. Uh I enjoyed the hell out of it. But based on the subject matter, I don't see how he managed to get like the first issue out. So I knew it was, I knew it wasn't long for the world. And the fact that hell, it, hell, a damn thing went six issues, like every issue, every month that it actually came out was like a shock. It was like, holy shit. I mean, I actually became friends with the dude on Facebook it was like, they can't be like reading this shit. Because his, the Supreme Power version of Nighthawk, you know, Nighthawk is basically a knockoff of Batman. But in Supreme Power, Kyle Richmond was a black kid that his parents were killed by white supremacists. So he don't take that shit. <laughs> and this is around, you know, kind of 
mid dirty cops killing innocent people thing. And he basically wrote a story where you had a fucking superhero that if the court didn't put you in jail, he'd find you and break shit. So it was like issue after issue of him beating the living hell out of dirty cops. And I was like, how in the hell? I know Marvel ain't reading this. You cannot convince me that this book has an editorial staff from Marvel where they say say shit. That that shows you they don't have an editor-in-chief. Yeah, I was sitting there going, there's no way in hell they're reading it. And like I said, it went about half a year and somebody read it. (laughs) It was like, this shit got to go. And hell, they ended up killing they ended up killing off that Nighthawk off panel during a Secret Empire. But yeah, that was, hell, that was, truly, that was the last comic book that came out that I was like, I'm going to buy this. I liked it, well, hell, well, I liked the storyline, and I liked the fact the dude was daring enough to put that shit in a book. Yeah. So it was like, I, you know, I picked up the first one just because I kind of liked the Squadron Supreme, and the Squadron Supreme that you had right after the incursion was, uh, it was every member was like from a different universe. So like Blur was from the new universe. Uh, I don't know where that Hyperion was from. The Hyperion had been there for a while because he had been part of the Avengers. While he was in that world that had gotten wiped out, and he, yeah. he was drifting in between, and AIM found him. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Nighthawk was from the Supreme Power. It wasn't 1610 because 1610 is ultimate, but yeah, he was from that world. So everybody was from a different spot there. Uh, Dr. Spectrum was one, was from one of the worlds that uh, Namor killed during the incursion. So like their first thing as a team was basically get revenge on that bastard. <laughs> Kill Namor for that, you know, for as long as death lasts in Marvel. This, Hell, Hyperion literally picked up the continent of of Atlantis, flew it up into the air, and when Namor was, like, begging for him not to basically just dump it, yeah, their Dr. Spectrum created a sword, chopped his head off. Uh, The power princess that they had on that team was actually Warrior Woman from another dimension. She had caught power princess in between dimensions and, like, beat her ass and took took her clothes. She did her best to kill him. Well, I think the power uh, power princess in question may have been the one from the old from the old uh, Squadron Supreme miniseries. You know, the one yeah. that had been trapped in the Marvel Universe for a while. Yeah. But not with... But I know when she finds her, she finds her in between universes. Because, mm-hmm. uh... Oh, hell, she may have even been an iteration of the one from Supreme Power because she had the same kind of life-draining ability. Remember that Supreme Power, Power Princess, she was kind of a lich. Mm-hmm. That's how she stayed young, was basically she found young, beautiful people and drained them of their life force and killed them and absorbed it. Because she had that whole, well, you know, I'm a god and this is a lowly peon, peon peasant mortal. So, you know, it, it does you great... It does you great honor, basically, to be my food. But yeah, that that's mine. 
is I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nighthawk just because it was it was damn good and damn short where Masters Universe actually went two actually went two seasons, but it ended on a cliffhanger. The Masters of the Universe would have been another one you could have talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Because like I said, it ends. It was damn good, and it, it it literally ends on a cliffhanger. You could tell they didn't know it was over, and they had a season three plan. So, you know, you had basically Snake Mountain running around as a, as a big old three-headed snake. All right, Danny, you got one? Yeah, uh, this past season on uh, NBC, they had this show called Debris. And uh, Jennifer and I didn't catch the first episode, but we watched second from the second on. But you had had this uh, alien spaceship enter our, you know, our universe. And when they were when the humans were detecting it, it was one of those things of they thought it was an asteroid when it got just you know so far from the moon they realized oh it's an alien spaceship and i want to say that several of the nations launched missiles at it because it was on a direct path it, they weren't detecting any life signs from the thing and so they launched missiles at it well it busted it up but then that debris starts falling to earth you know there's still some in space but a lot of it fell to earth well when a piece of debris lands somewhere it gives off a little radiation but not like you know nuclear plant radiation it gives off a particular uh yeah cosmic type thing and it would cause uh ripples in the fabric of space time kind of situation like one piece of debris when they went to investigate it yeah it would make clones of you like one guy had died it had hit his house and he had died but the clones it was making of him, like a few feet away, one would go running looking for his wife. One had no memory of who he was. You know, it was one of those kind of situations. You had a team of uh, U.S. agents and uh, British agents that were working together. The Russians had their own little team. The Chinese had their little team. And everybody was trying to get as much of this spaceship because once you brought pieces close to another piece, if they were you know supposed to be together they would join because like the u.s had put together almost half of one of the uh, thruster engines and part of the cockpit anytime they got a piece close by it would just jump up and hover in the air where it was supposed to be and uh, like they had one that was causing these uh walls in the middle of you know like you'd say a ghostly wall and they were trying to get people to come through the wall to be safe and they couldn't, they were stuck, and they finally figured out how to open the doorway, and the people that came out, some of them were from present day, some of them were from the 90s, some of them from the 80s, from, from the 70s, and they realized these things had opened doorways through time, and then you had one piece that these old people had found, and it made them young, but the problem was they had to get stay within so many feet of it otherwise they would age again and you know it just one piece healed people uh one piece you know sent you back two days in time and you, you know, but it might alter reality like me and todd might you know go back in time two days we do it again because once we you, you you play it's like a groundhog effect 
Well, the next time it might be Todd and Danielle because it splinters off into alternate realities. One time it might be me and Francesca, you know, totally different person. And so they had to figure out how to stop that effect. And each, each episode dealt with, you know, some weird goings on. And you had a, a cabal of scientists and whatnot like that that were kind of going rogue that, well, this technology belongs to everybody. And they were trying to get the pieces and they didn't care how much collateral damage happened. So it was one of those things. And the show, the season finale was a cliffhanger. Well, the show didn't make it. Damn. So it was just kind of a weirdness of the week. Yeah. With with But, but everything that was weird had the origin in this blown up spaceship. Right. And uh, okay. you had the, the main, two main characters. One was a, a U.S. He was former Special Forces, now working for the uh, CIA Department of Defense. And then the other was a, a British chick from MI6. And through, throughout the episodes that Jennifer and I watched, they were giving this guy a shot every so, every you know, each, each day or every so many days, they were giving him a double dose of the shot. And you knew that in his first encounter with something, the debris had done something to him, but you didn't know what. The British agent, her dad was a scientist that the British had put out there to help collect these pieces of debris, and then he disappears. Well, then he ends up dead. Remember how I mentioned that the, some of the debris could clone you? Yeah. Also, some of the debris could bring you back to life. You died, yet it would bring you back. You would be missing whatever chunk of time it was that you were dead, but it could resurrect you. But they had to inject the piece like into into your heart or into your brain, whatever. And so they injected his piece through one of his eyes into his brain. And it kind of takes a little piece of your humanity away when it does that because, you know, you're not quite the same. So, like, he still loved his daughter, but... His idea of we're going to do this for the greater good was still there. So it revealed there at the end that, yeah, I'm I'm your dad, but I'm not your original dad kind of thing. And so that was one of the big cliffhangers because, you know, like she had been on the search to find out what happened to my dad. She finds her dad and then she's hiding him and the her and the agent are hiding the dad from the British and the U.S. Because, you know, they know as soon as we, they get him, they're going to snatch him and put him in a black site. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean you aren't my dad? And the dad double crosses her, but to activate this one particular piece of uh, debris, he makes her take a pill, and it's a piece of that debris, but it shields her from the radiation ring that goes out. Well, they mm -hmm. think it's going to kill the agent. Well, where he'd been taking them injections, it was to keep him stabilized from that debris that he had a piece of the shrapnel still stuck in his head. So... It's one of those things, and it ends on the cliffhanger, and you're like, son of a, you know. And what is the lesson here? Never end on cliffhangers. Right. Yeah, truthfully. Finish the damn story. Well, at least I'm kind of like Todd, where I've got kind of multiple things I could talk about. You know, I could talk about the original run of Kwame and Woody that, that I liked so much that ran nine issues and stopped. Or DC did a comic called Vexed about the god of mishap and misfortune. That I loved it. It went nine issues and stopped. I actually had the lady that runs the, or at the time was managing the comic shop in Decatur, 
warned me away from a couple of books she liked because I had this. I was on a streak of of I think there was at least one more book. I can't remember what it was now. Everything you enjoyed died. So basically, what at you issue said nine, is, basically, it was it was a weird. It, it was like you and Wayne. Wayne likes a book. That means the author's going to die. Well, if Wayne likes the book. It means the author's probably already dead. That's true. That's true. But what I'm actually going to talk about is a TV show, since everybody else seems to be going comics. Well, except Danny. So I guess we're splitting it. How many of y'all remember The Cape? Yes. The Cape. So Heroes had come out and been popular, and I think it was the next season mm-hmm. that you had uh, The Cape was a superhero show that came out. No Ordinary Family came out. I can't remember if there was a couple of other kind of related things. Yeah, you had, what was it, Alphas? Uh, yeah, Sci-Fi had Alphas right right in that area, you know, time period. But the cape was kind of a Batman-level, you know, street vigilante. Uh, I would always talk about how it and No Ordinary Family, if they just put the two shows together, you'd have had something I wanted to see. Yeah. Because the, the cape had costumes but no superpowers. And uh, Ordinary No Ordinary Family had the powers but, like, no costumes. Neither one of the shows I think made it out of the first, well, past the first season. Nope, nope. Uh, the cape had some of Glau working against it. Unfortunately, it had the curse of Glau. The cape, though, felt more like a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Because you had, you know, Glau was running as a, as a super hacker. Uh, you had a knockoff of the Circus of Crime uh, that Keith David was running, or his character was running. Uh, that had trained the cape, you know, the, the main character had to fight. You had a, uh, the villain Chess was kind of a Lex Luthor-Joker combo. Uh, you had a guy that really reminded you of Killer Croc. Except that he was trying to be a mob boss, but, you know. You had some, you had some weirdness there. And, uh, you know, the storyline was decent. You know, the guy's... You know, the the main hero has been framed. Everybody thinks he was chess, but they also think he's dead. So you had him kind of separate from his family. You had the wife kind of figuring out some stuff had gone on. Uh, you had he, he he had been a police officer. You had his partner, who double crossed him and, and got him you know in the situation he was in. But it's like you it, but it's like the partner didn't you know felt bad about it and was keeping you know keeping like a close eye on his wife, trying to keep his wife out of out of any trouble. Uh, and it was one that it kept improving as the season went on. Yeah. Uh, there was a buddy of mine at work who's retired now, but, uh, he had, uh, he hadn't seen it when it was out. He was watching it, I think, on some streaming service or something, somewhere he'd found it and had been watching it. Uh, and he, you know, I kind of warned him how it ended, you know. Not like spoilerly how it ended, but you know the fact that it just sort of ended up the first season. But, so we'd sit around and talk about it, but but like I said, it was one that kept improving. And towards the end of the season, you were just starting to have people show up that kind of had powers. You had this little savant, uh, this woman that was like a uh, like quantum physics savant, you know, math savant, that was basically uh, precognitive. You know, it wasn't that she was seeing the future, but she could, like, calculate. You know, when the episode starts up, it starts up in a flashback to when she's a child. And her dad is working for the guy that, you know, as a viewer, you know, is chess. 
And when the dad introduces him, you know, this is Mr. So-and-so, you know, that owns the company that's financing. She looks him, she looks chest dead in the eye and goes, oh, you're the one that's going to kill my father. Yeah. And that was the whole storyline of the episode was she'd rolled into town to kill his ass. So between that and the killer croc type guy, you were having people pop up that kind of sort of had powers. So I was really looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with the second season. But I think she popped up in the second to last episode, or maybe there was two episodes after that. I forget. Yeah, but the one season's all you got, and I've got the box set sitting in my living room. Yeah, but it was one they could have really done something with. Yeah. You had several of those little uh, one-season, two-season type things that they could have really done a lot better with if, if they'd come out now. Yeah, yeah, so. That, that's like, you know, it's a cult favorite now, but, you know, Firefly. Uh-huh. Fox kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one just all the way around, though. You know, they, they showed them out of order, and they I think they showed, showed them at weird times sometimes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have a, a they, they changed the days on it twice for some reason. And like you say, they showed some of them out of order because they would, you know, that was one of those shows that would reference something. And then it would happen. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, you know, that's why when that's why when he did the movie, he went to Universal, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of those things where I've when it was on television, I watched it. I hated it. They did a marathon of it. I watched a couple of them. I still didn't like it, but I love Serenity. I love the movie. And I realized I don't like these people. I like the agent. <laughs> yeah, the agent was special. Well, I've watched the entire series, and the episodes that were really good were really good. But then, but then you had some episodes that were just kind of meh. Yeah. I, I could easily saw- see it being kind of, depending on which ones you saw. The first one I saw was that with the man they called Jane or some shit like that. I hate yeah, it. Where this yeah. thing is god awful. Where it's on the mud planet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this shit is trash. I just like that. Though I do, the name of their alcohol sticks with me. Mudder's Milk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Nathan Fillion, you know, he played the captain on that. I did like when uh, he got his the show he did after that, where he was the uh, writer that helped the police. You know, he was a, a, basically a crime writer, and it, they had their Halloween episode, and it shows him. You know, his daughter's like, "Well, who are you gonna be as, as for Halloween?" And he steps out from behind the screen, and he's wearing Miles' outfit, and, and she's like, "You wore that last year." You know, referencing the fact that he had just done the thing, and he's like, "What?" this and I even got the quick draw down and he pulls the you know the blaster out real quick and she's like dad really and you know it it was just one of those things you know okay I gotta do a little I gotta do a nerd well actually in Firefly they didn't use blasters they just used guns yeah, okay excuse me gun gun yeah. you know laser weaponry existed but you know bullets were cheaper so why wouldn't everybody use bullets yeah well, he, he drew the, the pistol off of his hip, and it, it was the exact outfit, because Fillion kept it. I was about to say, that's probably what it was. He probably just pulled a Ryan Reynolds and just walked off set wearing it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to keep this. 
Well, I can't say I blame him. It was a cool outfit. If nobody stops me, I'm just going to keep this. But yeah. So anyway, uh, if anybody out there has got another comic or show that they that they think got canceled just way too early, uh, let us know in the comments below. Uh, you can also contact us at the nerd eternal at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. Like I said, you can leave comments below. Uh, please like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts at if you listen to this in audio form. Uh, if you go to if you go to the nerdeternal.com, we've got a shop if you want to support the show. Any support you give us is appreciated. Again, I've been the experienced some called Jason, and with me has been the token didn't get to mention the Thundercats reboot, Tarky. BDL113, the droid you're looking for. And the blurred Don of the Ville, the Todd Father. Still in stylish hat. And we will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.